Typical 9. Everyone listening to the new U2 album, the first few bars of the first song everywhere, like weather. Someone initiates a recall of the Mormon car salesman governor, and then the news becomes just about that, the story advancing incrementally, sometimes without any new facts, just everyone's anger and embarrassment, especially when the governor digs in and doubles down, like politicians always seem to, just like the senator with the girl on his lap did when everyone said he was finished. They're always the last to know. You trade the Ford Mustang II in on a midnight blue Volkswagen Rabbit, a Wolfsburg edition, which just means the color and seat covers are different, but feels important for the start of your new school, akin to owning a Nagel painting. Your parents are upset because the Mustang II was almost paid off, but you can't go to a fancy prep school in a Mustang II. You and your private school friend get vanity plates, too. Yours is my hair, and his is Beamer, for obvious reasons. Your junior year starts, and it's like moving again. Nothing that happened before really happened or is relevant, and everything is in the now. Saying the private school's name perks every listener's ears, and for maybe the first time in your life, you feel the benefit of exclusivity, membership in a club you want to belong to, but no, you probably don't and never will. Your grades were good enough to get in, but only because the public school was easy, and probably only really because your teachers wrote stellar recommendations. But the private school is hard, harder than you anticipated. And then, because you live on the west side of Phoenix and not the east, you don't really enjoy the social aspect of your new peer group. Certainly not the company of the girls who attend the all-girls private school adjacent to yours. No one has heard of the area where you live, and because you didn't go to any of the same middle or junior schools as the other students, and because your family doesn't know any of the other families, you're marked as an outsider from day one, and you take note of the fact, knowing it'll come into play for the rest of your life. But rather than be daunted by it, you just let it go. You aren't even sure what it is you hope to gain by becoming friends with rich kids. You don't need a loan for Christ's sakes. And they have no idea how or why they're rich. They just enjoy the designation. Even the son of one of the Phoenix Forty, a list of the rich and powerful in town who offers to sell you some cocaine at lunch. Somewhere in Texas, a baby falls through the tiny opening of an abandoned well, and for two days the television documents the rescue, the baby miraculously okay when she's pulled free. Your English teacher, the one who kisses the ass of the kid whose father is a famous golfer and the other kid whose father is a state politician and has a terribly lame joke about meeting his wife. She was a stockbroker and he was looking to invest, and the joke is when he went in looking for stocks and came out with a bond assigns The Great Gatsby, and you devour it, thinking it's a book about you, astonished by the similarities between your story and Jay Gatsby's, and you become convinced that your girlfriend is Daisy, at least narratively, and you adopt the attitude that your love for each other is doomed, especially as you seem to be spending less and less time together owing to your commute downtown, and then you're racing back west to work. 
You've been listening to Typical of the Times, Growing Up in the Culture of Spectacle by Jamie Clark, editor of the anthology talk show On the Couch with Contemporary Writers, 